Father God, we're so grateful and thankful to be in your presence today, Lord. We usher in your Holy Spirit, Lord, as we worship today in spirit and in truth. Bind the enemy, Lord. Let your spirit have its way in this place. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen, amen. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Because this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. The Bible says, make a joyful shout unto the Lord, tabernacle with praise. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. So enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise and be grateful unto him. I said and be grateful and bless his name for the Lord is good and his mercy endureth forever. You shall be seated. We want to welcome you to the tabernacle of praise. We say the church with the open door where everybody is somebody and worship is truly a joy. Is there anybody here worshiping with us for the first time? It looks like it's all family in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, we're so glad to see you. Just, you are a testament to God's grace. Amen this morning. Amen. Amen. Somebody's pointing at Heather. No, 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 no. She's not a visitor. She is our family. Amen. Praise the Lord. On behalf of our pastor, Jonathan B. Fields and Sister Fields, Melody Fields, we want to welcome you to the Tabernacle of Praise. Those that are worshiping with us online, we appreciate you. And if you could be electronic evangelist, just send a link to a friend. Send a link and save a life this morning. Amen. Amen. Pastor, we'll be in the house next week. Amen. Amen. We've been missing the pastor. I know you've been missing. Amen. But thank God the Holy Ghost is still here every Sabbath. Amen. Praise the Lord. Are there any birthdays in October? Any birthdays? Any October birthdays? Brother Carlos. Amen. 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 Who else? Sister Lacey? Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, let's sing happy birthday to our church family.
Any anniversaries this month? Amen, Elder Wellington. And what number is this? Number 10. Praise the Lord. Now I can count them on both hands. God is good. Praise the Lord. It's so good to be here. And Linda, anniversary, and what number? 40 years. Woo! Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. 40 years. Well, this, this is a high Sabbath. Every Sabbath is a high Sabbath. But the Sabbath seems a little bit higher when we work for the Lord. Amen. So this afternoon is our outreach ministries for our homeless ministry outreach. Amen. And so, and we have a light meal for those that will be going out and those that will be working, amen, after church. And those, those recipients really appreciate the love and the time uh, to come down there and share with them. Some have been having Bible studies, and the young one, uh, man said, where's my next lesson? So this is truly a blessing. There's a scripture that says uh, those that bless the poor are blessed and those that close their eye to the poor are cursed lord have mercy god says if you have done it unto the least of them my brothers is though you have done it unto me so we want to do our part amen next week is another high sabbath because we're having a big baptism oh i thought i would give one clap one amen praise the lord Saints are going to be going down into the watery grave uh, next week. And we can always add to that number. Once the pool is full, it doesn't have a limit on how many people can get in it. Amen. Praise the Lord. And then on the 28th, we're having our communion service. Amen. Communion. And that's going to be another uh, homeless ministry outreach on the 28th. I want to thank my wife and Sister Heather. You know, to go and get all those supplies. The truck is full of supplies. I mean, toilet paper, wipes, toothbrushes, toothpaste, all types of things. And I just want to thank them for uh, taking their time out to get all those supplies. Amen. And every Wednesday at 7 o'clock, every wednesday is our power hour you cannot afford to miss midweek prayer service amen so we want to invite you to tune in this wednesday for our midweek prayer service and that anytime there's a church service that's a time for evangelism amen and so we want you to invite a friend to that as well amen at this time how many of you came to praise the lord this morning well it's time to praise the Lord as we worship him in spirit and in truth. And Brother Miller, want to say thank you for everybody for supporting him through his time of bereavement. Amen. Amen.
so good, isn't he? And it's a wonderful thing to know that he's got us in his best interest. And so it's that time when we all get a chance to communicate and have that moment with him. And so we're going to invite you to come and those who would like to be around the altar to come forward, those who would like to bow their heads, and even those who would like to kneel, we're going to invite you to come as we lift him up. And we want to just say thank you to the Lord for all that he's done and that he continues to do. Come on, say it. Father God, 
Lord, you have come to be in the midst. And it's not by happenstance that we find ourselves on this Sabbath morning in front of this altar. Lord, we know that it's because of you that we even have breath, that we can testify to the goodness of who you are. Lord, it's because of you that we find ourselves standing, seated, kneed, heads bowed. Lord, it's because of you, because you've loved us so much. And so, Lord, we don't come just to throw out petitions. But, Lord, we come right now to recognize you, to give praise and honor and all glory unto thee, thanking you, Lord, for being God. There's none other like you. There's none other beside you. For you are the only one, the I am that I am. And for that reason, Lord, we give praise unto your precious and holy name. And so, Lord, your children, we have come together, gathered right now at this time. Just saying, Lord, right now, as we enter into this worship hour, that we want to give ourselves wholly and fully over to thee. That this experience, Lord, will be one that we shall never forget. One that will draw us nearer and closer yet to thee. Lord, our hearts, our hearts, Lord, some are heavy, some are excited, some are weak, Lord, but our hearts, we give them over to you. Because, Lord, we know that you are the comforter. And that no one can touch or speak better to our circumstances. And so right now, Lord, we ask in the precious name of Jesus, thy loving son, that, Lord, our hearts will be in tune with thee, that our hearts will be receptive to your call, that our hearts, Lord, will be willing and ready to do all that you have called us to do. Lord, we ask right now, even our eyes, that our eyes, Lord, will be open, that they may see truly, Lord, the glimpse of glory from heaven. That right now, Lord, our eyes will be fixated on Jesus. So that as we look forward, Lord, we won't leave this place the same but we'll be changed individuals in the name of Jesus. Our ears, Lord, attune them, Lord, to you. Let us hear your word from on high in such a manner, Lord, that it will be soothing to us, but yet bringing excitement so that as we contemplate, Lord, going out to tell others about you, we'll move because we heard from on high. This is my child. And I need you to touch him. I need you to touch her. Lift them up in the name of Jesus. And Lord, though we may be battered, though we may be weakened, Lord, we understand that there's no greater healer under the name of Jesus. 
And so, Lord, even right now, we have time, some that have a time standing. We have some, Lord, that have a problem breathing. But, Lord, we place all your children, whatever the illness may be, we place them, Lord, before your throne. And we ask, Father, that your healing hand will be upon them. And that each and every one, Lord, will be able to testify to the goodness of who you are. Lord, some are financially bound. But I understand that you own the cattle on a thousand hills. That there is none other greater than you. Lord, you promised that you would meet all of our needs. And it's evidence that you do so because we're standing, we're kneeling, we're here right now. And so, Lord, we ask even right now that your hands of mercy will be stayed upon us. Lord, we want to throw up a special prayer for the war that has just started in Israel. Lord, we know that you have the last say. And Lord, even if this is to usher in the end of time, Lord, let it be so that our eyes, our minds, our hearts are relative to the thinking and knowing of what it is going on and how we should react. But more than anything, Lord, be with the children of Israel. Touch and abide and keep them, Lord, please. And then, Lord, we ask a special, special prayer upon your manservant. Lord, you know what words you placed on his heart. And Lord, even in the midst of times, you know how to change if you need to change something. Just send your words in your Holy Spirit. Yes. Abide with him and keep him, Lord. Yes. And we ask, Lord, that you will be with every member under the sound of my voice, both here and on the internet. That truly, Lord, the Holy Spirit will touch. And that we will abide, Lord, in truth with thee so bless us Lord keep us Lord and humble us Lord for we ask these blessings in the precious name of Jesus Lord and Savior and we lift him up this morning amen and amen Anybody grateful this morning? Yes. Amen, amen. It was a beautiful song for the prayer also. Lord, enlarge my territory. Bless me that I might uh, be a witness to you. And everyone in here is a witness, right? Did you know that you're a witness? Yes. Did you know that you're a steward of God? Yes. Because being stewards of God means he has given us things that we can use to be a blessing to him. And he's given us our time, talent, temple, and treasure so that we can let others know how good a God we serve. Amen? Amen. If you weren't tuned in this morning to Sabbath school, you missed a really good class. Everybody has opportunity to tune in to Sabbath school. If you don't have the number, see Sister Karen Lewis in the back. Make sure your name is on the list to get the announcements, church announcements, 
because there's always something going on at Tabernacle of Praise. Amen. And Sabbath school is the one time, other than saying amen and hallelujah, that you actually get to tell us your opinion and thoughts amen. on what you studied in the lesson. So join us. We always have a great time. We got some terrific uh, teachers, Elder Kwame, Elder uh, McCray, uh, Brother Percy here, and also Deacon Carlos is joining us too. So we just look for your participation. This is your opportunity to let us know how God has enlightened you into what his word is saying to you. Amen. Amen. We have so many announcements. I just want to hit on two. Again, see Sister Lewis so you can get on the list for the announcements because there's always something fun and exciting going on. One is October 22nd at 5 p.m. That's our 12-step class. Now, many times you hear about 12-step and you think you got to be an alcoholic or a drug addict. This is 12 steps to success. All right. So all you got to do is have a desire to be your best. Right. Have a desire to want to improve something in your life. Have a desire to want to give all you can to being the best you that you can be. So if that's your desire, see me afterward. I'll make sure that you get the call-in number. It's totally virtual. You can tune in on your, in your pajamas if you want to. But we just want you to participate because all of us want to be our best, right? Mm -hmm. Is there anybody here who loves being mediocre? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> anybody here that loves being the last place, the worst of everybody? Nobody likes that. We all want to be our best. So come on, join us. You'll learn some things that will help you to get to that level where God wants you to be at. And then the other announcement, October 28th, is our annual Suicide Prevention Conference. Suicide Prevention, we're trying to stop people from giving up hope. That's right. Jesus came to give us unconditional love and unending hope, and that's what we want to share with people, but there are so many people who have lost all hope. Might be financial issues, might be relationship issues, might be something personal that they're going through, or family issues. And they just say, forget it. I'm just giving up, and I'm going to do this terrible thing to myself. We don't want that to happen. You don't want that to happen. It might be someone you know. It might be a relative or a co-worker who's threatening that. And by coming out to the Suicide Prevention Conference, you can learn some strategies. You can learn some techniques. You can hear some knowledge that's going to help you prevent someone from per, uh, performing suicide. We just allow everyone to participate. So there are seats in person or you can be online. And we want you to have an opportunity to save a life. So see me afterward. I got some flyers to hand out. And it's going to be October 28th from 4 to 6 p.m. out in Clayton. And we want everyone to come out, just learn something that you might save somebody's life. Is that a good reason to come out? Amen. Save a life. Amen. Amen. At this time, we'd ask our deacons to come forward to lift our morning tithe and offering. Continue to be faithful in tithe and offerings. Has God been faithful to you? Yes. Do your best. Be faithful to him also in tithe and offering, as well as in using your time, talent, temple, and treasure for God's business. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for this privilege and opportunity to return that which you gave to us in the first place. Bless us, dear Lord. We ask that you will give us an honest heart, a generous heart, and help us to do our part 
to spread this gospel message to all the world in this generation. In the blessed name of Jesus, amen. amen. You can give by cash app, dollar sign, T-O-P giving, AdventistGiving.org, and of course, turn it in to our deacons as they come by. Amen, and God bless.
together in Acts chapter 1, verses 4, uh, 6 through 8, 4 through 8, Acts chapter 1. And as he's getting to get that together, we want you to stand in respect for the word, and we will read this responsibly. I'll start off, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel altogether? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times which the Father is on the throne. Here we go, together. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and ye shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Amen. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful, Lord, for your mercy, Lord. We pray now, Lord, for the outpouring of your Holy Spirit. Hide me behind the cross 
Let me be just a nail holding up a portrait of you because you said if you be lifted up from the earth, you would draw all men unto yourself, Lord. So this is your time. Bind the enemy. Tune our hearts to you, Lord, and we will be careful to give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> Some of you may have heard the apocryphal story of the zoo that had a famous gorilla and it was beloved by everyone, almost similar to the one that they had in St. Louis called Phil the Gorilla. Some of you remember that. And they even now still have a statue of him. And it was, it was similar to that. This zoo had this famous gorilla. It was beloved by all, but tragically, just like Phil, it died. And the administrators and the curators, they were trying to get together, trying to figure out what, was going, what they were going to do because it was going to be three months before they could get another one. And so they said, what are we going to do because he was the main attraction. We're going to start losing visitorship if we don't figure this out. And so they came up with an idea. They said, we'll get the most authentic gorilla suit and we'll get somebody to play the part of the gorilla. And they found a guy. I mean, this guy was really good. I mean, he could mimic all the moves, the sounds of the gorilla. He interacted with the people, and so much so that the administrators didn't even want the real gorilla anymore. They were satisfied with this fake one. And so one day, the gorilla got to showing off and swinging from side to side, and he accidentally flung himself into the lion's den. And that lion song, and he said, and he's coming at him, and he's panicking. He realized he couldn't get out of the cage, and so he was just panicking, trying to figure out what he was going to do, and the lion is approaching and on him, and out of desperation, the man cried out. He said, I'm not a real gorilla. I'm just a man. The lion said, shut up, fool, or else we both will lose our jobs. <laughs> we have a lot of Christians that impersonate. They look like, they act like, they walk like the real thing. They have gotten so comfortable that they don't even with the false that they rather stay in that mode. But when the heat is on, they reveal who they really are. When the heat is on, it reminds me of this Bible school teacher. He was uh, 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 teaching his class, and unexpectedly, the superintendent came in. And so he said he wanted to show off in front of the superintendent. And he said, okay, class, I want you, somebody to tell the superintendent why they called me a Christian. Little Johnny raised his hand. He said, well, they call you a Christian because they don't know you like we do. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. If everybody lived like me, what kind of Christian would every Christian be? And just think about that for a minute. You see, a witness is one who has knowledge from experience, observation, personal experience for what something they have seen. You see, in a judicial system, you can testify, but you cannot testify, testify from what somebody else told you because that's inadmissible. 
That's called hearsay. You know, when it comes to a Christian life, God says, oh, taste and see for yourself that I am good. I may tell you, but until you taste them for yourself, you really can't give a firsthand testimony. You see, as followers of Christ, we're called to serve, to be witnesses. What did I say? To be served, to be called to be what? Witnesses. There was a time in the church where everybody was expected to be a witness. Not just the outreach team. Not just a select group. When you came into the church, you was expected to be a witness. You see, a witness demonstrates by words, by actions, and by attitude that you are a Christian. You can testify the sacred truth that you believe in the Lord. The Lord has saved you by his saving power, by his blood, and you testify to the saving grace of Christ. That's the good news of salvation. That's what this world needs. You know, our text says in, in Acts 1, verse 8, that text said, but what? You shall receive power. But the first word, let's expand on that very first word. What's the first word? But. But, but is a conjunction. You remember electric company? Conjunction, junction, what's your function? You see, the function of a conjunction is to bring two phrases together. But this is what you call a coordinating conjunction with contrast. So whatever preceded the word but is canceled out by everything after but. So, for example, when we read in the Bible, in Psalms 30, verse 5, it says, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. And as we see in Psalms 34, 19, it says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. Romans 6.13 says, For the wages of sin is death, but... Oh, you are not with me. You are need, Whenever you see but in the Bible, you need to be happy. But the gift of God is eternal life. Ephesians 2.4 says, And you were dead in your sins, following the course of this world, following after Satan, who you once lived in the passion of your own flesh, carrying the desires of your body and mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God, come on now somebody, but God being rich in mercy, because of his great love, which he loved us, made us alive together with Christ. That's something to shout about. You see, in verse number seven, let's see what they was talking about. It said that Jesus, they said unto Jesus, it's, uh, 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 the disciples were asking, Lord, are you getting ready to restore the kingdom? You know, they were all talking about who's going to sit on the left hand and who's going to sit on the right hand. And Jesus started the verse by saying, but you shall receive power. So he just canceled out all of that thought about what's going on with the kingdom. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. You see, I know you want to get married. I know you want this, that, and the other. But God said, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, and all these things will be added unto you. Jesus was trying to reorganize their thought process. Jesus said, it's time to make sharing me your priority. 
That is what being a witness is all about. That's what being a Christian is all about, is sharing Jesus, making that the priority in your life. You see, let me ask you a question. When was being a, 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 being a witness your first response? Was this your first response? When you come in contact with a person or your last resort? Is there anything better than, being, than going to heaven? Yes, it is. Taking somebody with you. Come on, somebody. The Bible says in Matthew 5, 14, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and honor your Father which is in heaven. You see, there was a lady who had worked for many years as a nurse, and she had led over 100 people to Christ. And they were interviewing her. They said, how did you do that? How did you accomplish that as a nurse to bring all these people into the, into the, the fellowship of Christ? She said, hold it. I want to get this one thing straight. She said, I'm not a nurse. They said, what? Said, surely you're a nurse. She said, No, I'm a Christian. Disguised as a nurse. You see, she had her priorities right. You see, we do it just the opposite. Whatever our profession, we, whatever, a plumber, whatever, we're a plumber, and then uh, uh, we're disguised as a Christian. But we need to be at just the opposite. God said, Go into all the world. Whatever your profession, you need to make sure your Christianity comes out first. In your attitude, your disposition, that's what the world is looking for right now. He said, you shall receive power. You see, when Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit, he says your primary, the primary purpose of the Holy Spirit is not to shout. It's not to speak in tongues. It's not to run and fall out at the altar. The, the main purpose of the Holy Spirit is to empower you to be a witness. The Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth, the truth as it is in Jesus. You see, our assignment as disciples is to bear witness of the saving power of Jesus Christ. What has God done? It's he your personal Savior. You see, there are several things that God expects us to do. First, we have to have a prayer life. You see, when you have a personal relationship with somebody, you have to communicate to, with that person, right? God communicates to us through the Bible. We communicate to him on our knees. So if you want to have a personal relationship with God, you have to have a prayer life. Most people just pray two or three times a day. And that's when, they, when they're eating. Okay? But we have to set some time out. We need to get a, a, a prayer closet. We need to dedicate a space where we can spend time in prayer. Something happens when you pray, when you open yourself up to God. Prayer doesn't bring uh, God down to us. It brings us up to heaven. You see, God uh, 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 expects us to, 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 to pray. He expects us uh, uh, to have appreciation, being thankful that we are depending upon him. You said, Lord, give us this day our daily bread, saying our sustenance is coming from the Lord. You see, God, we are his children, so we go to God for our immediate needs. He said God wants us to meditate. He wants us to worship. He wants us to love others. But he wants us to be obedient to his word, and he wants us to witness. Yeah. Amen. They did a, a study, and they tried to find out the different fundamentals of Christian growth, 
And at the bottom of the list was sharing one's faith. It said 80% uh, felt the requirement to share their faith, but only 60, 68% never did it. Has never shared their faith, but they are in somebody's church. You see, that's why the churches are starting to die out, because we are not sharing our faith. You see? When was the last time you had a conversation and your intention was to bring somebody to Christ? When that was the whole goal of the thing. Most people uh, don't witness because they feel unqualified. They feel like they just don't know enough. You know, they're afraid that somebody might ask them a question that they don't know. They're afraid that somebody might ask the, the why or the if question. You know, if God is so good, then why did he allow this to happen? And we, what do we do? We just invite them to church, which we not, we want you to invite people to church. But we have gotten to the point where we want the church to do what we're called to do. We want the pastor or the elders to do what God has called us to do. God says, you shall be my witnesses. Okay? God said, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So we have to get into a position where we feel the need and the capacity to, 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 to share the goodness of God. It is our responsibility to explain to unbelievers uh, 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 what he has done for us. So when people come to church, by the time they come to church, they have already been introduced to the Lord. Because if all they're exposed to is the church, because you know the devil comes into the church too. So you have to give them a foundation before they get here. Some of you are, are with me. A witness job is not to defend the accused. When you call to get on the witness stand, it's not your job to try to defend the accused. It's just your job to attest and to declare the truth and let the chips fall where they may. You see, as a witness, it's not your job to explain everything. You don't have to explain to everybody all the ins and outs of every single thing because nobody can explain everything. Nobody has all the accumulated knowledge of the Bible. You see, the enemy will try to convince you that you, you don't have enough to open your mouth. You're not good enough. You don't know how to talk uh, correctly about God. You haven't gone to Bible college. You don't have a degree in theology. You can't understand biblical languages and all of these things that, that the devil tries to hinder us. But all you need is an experience with God. If God has touched your life, then you have a testimony. You see, you're not disqualified for what you don't know. You're qualified for what you do know. You see, if God has been good to you, then you have a testimony. You see, you may not know uh, uh, why bad things happen to good people, but you do know that God answered your prayer. You do know that once you was lost, God found you. You see, that's what God is asking you to do. You don't have to tell everything in the Bible. Just tell what God has done for you. 
and somebody will be blessed as a result. You remember the blind man, when Jesus healed the blind man, he reached down and, and made a little poultice and put it on the man's eyes, and they asked him, they said, well, who, who did this to you? How was you able to get your sight restored? And the man replied, he said, I don't know. I don't know who did it. I don't know where it came from, but one thing I do know. Once I was blind, but now I see. I can't explain everything. I can't tell you all the ends and intricate details about how I can see. All I know is that once I was blind, that now I can see. You see, the weight of, of, of one's soul does not always depend on us. Stop carrying that weight on your shoulders. You've been, you witness to somebody, and we expect them to start singing, take me to the water. Okay? It's not solely upon you for somebody's soul salvation. You're supposed to plant the seed. You see, you are part of the, this overall plan of salvation. You are just a part. You're not the whole enchilada. You're just one part. The Bible says one planet, another one watered, and then God provided the increase. So you just do your part to plant the seed. Don't get discouraged. Just plant the seed for a witness. Amen? That's what God told us. Remember in Matthew 28, the last thing he told his disciples, he said, Go ye therefore. What? Teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Teaching them everything whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I will be with you always, even until the end of the earth. That's the sister text to Acts 1. God has given them the most important instructions. When you get ready to leave, what you get ready to tell your children right before you get ready to go on a long trip is the most important thing. And that's what God told his disciples to do. We have to play our part. And God will provide the rest. You see, you look at your own salvation. Did you become saved instantaneously? You see, no, your, your parents may have planted the seed and then the, the Sabbath school teacher watered it or somebody else and somebody else. And before you know it, you have been sanctified. You're going through the process of sanctification. So that's how we have to look at this thing. Your salvation came as a part of somebody else in a succession. The Bible says that all things work together for the good of those that love the Lord. So number one, witnesses does, does not have to defend Okay, they just have to attest to what happened, attest to the truth. Number two, just do your part. Number three, a witness has to be willing to testify. You see, if a witness is threatened or coerced, then their, testi their testimony is inadmissible. You see, in the court of law, if you want to force somebody, what they call compel a witness to testify, they, they will issue a, a, a subpoena. And they will force you to testify, but God is not like that. God is just saying that if I've been your refuge and strength, if I've been your, your, a bridge over troubled water, if I've been a shelter in a time of storm, it said, then let the redeemed say so. If God has been good to you, he don't have to force it. You've just seen the blessings of God. That's why David said, let everything that have breath praise the Lord. You see, the, the Bible is so good. God is so good. So in order to be a witness, you have to be willing to testify. Look how easy we testify about things. You know, we go to a good restaurant, and we're, we're just, oh, 
Oh, you ought to go visit this restaurant. Oh, they got some good food. Oh, that food is good. Praise the Lord. You say, oh, did you all see the game? Did you all see the game the other night? Oh, 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 you know, we testify. You see, you see, look at my car. Look at this. Look at this sale. Look at all of these things. You know, it's talking about digital currency. It was just spreading throughout the church. You put this little money in and you get all this. Oh, tell me about it. You know, we have no problem witnessing for things of and in the world. You know, that was a, a church that did an outreach tour. And they had saved their money. And they said, what they're going to do, they're going to go to a gas station. And they were going to give people free gas. And so they started out, it was just a couple of cars. And in about 15 to 20 minutes, what do you think happened? That line has reached over a mile long. In that short period of time, they interviewed the, the, the one lady. She, she, he said, how do you feel about this? She said, oh, this was such a blessing. Gas is so high. I really appreciate what you all are doing out here. I was so excited. After I got my gas, I got on the phone. I called all my friends, my neighbors. I was telling everybody. You see, that's what a true witness will do for God. You see, just think if we had that kind of enthusiasm in the church. You see, a lot of times we stand on the promises while continuing to sit on the premises. We come in week after week. We have our same routine, haven't told nobody about Jesus. Haven't spread our faith. This church should be full, busting at the seams because we are excited about what God is doing. You see, but we're afraid to bear witness. I know we live in a world, a secular world, where when you say something about God, people are looking at you sideways. But if the devil can be bold, you see, you see athletes, everybody, after they win something or do something, they throwing up all kinds of signs showing who they are giving their praise to. They're bold with their stuff, but we got to be bold for Jesus, just as bold. You see, and sometimes we're afraid because we're not perfect. Our imperfections, we say, well, if I start telling somebody about the saving and the power of, of God, that they may think that I'm a hypocrite because I'm not perfect. And this, that, and the other. If you waited until you was perfect, you would never, you would never uh, open your mouth again. Am I right? You see, but you don't have to wait for all of that. You see, the world can't relate to perfection, but they can relate to your progress. You say, you tell them, I'm not where I want to be, but I thank God I'm not where I used to be. That's the process of sanctification. You tell the Lord, you know how you are impressed when you see a, a, a person on a diet and you see somebody that's slim and, and, and fit? You're not impressed until you saw that they weighed 400 pounds. When you see how, where they came from, then that is the power of your testimony. You see, Philippians 4.13 says, uh, the Apostle Paul was saying, I count not myself to have, to have attained. I count myself not to have apprehended. But forgetting those things in the past, I'm reaching for those things which are before me. I'm pressing towards the prize of the high calling. I'm pressing towards the mark. That's what we're doing as Christians. We're just one beggar telling another beggar where the water is. John 15, 18 says, if the world hate, hates you, just know he hated me before he hated you. 
2 Timothy 3.12 says, All that will live godly shall suffer persecution. You see, witness in the Greek is a word called martos, where we get the word martyr. Now, God is not so interested in you dying for him as he is for you living for him. God says, I want a living sacrifice. You see, so that word martos, saying that you're not a martyr, you not only have to die, but you have to be willing to suffer for Christ. You got to be willing to struggle for Christ. See, we live in a time that we don't want to struggle. I mean, I don't want to suffer. Nobody wants to suffer, right? But if that's what it takes, if that is what is required, we'll do all kind of sacrifices for an earthly crown. You know, to, to get a degree, we'll stay up all night studying and getting and trying to get these earthly things. When was the last time we stayed up all night in a prayer meeting? Huh? When was the last? We have to get our priorities. We have to be willing to suffer for Christ. You've got to be willing to go through something. God said, in order for you to be my witness, you've got to mortos. You've got to suffer. You've got to go through something. God said, he said, think it not strange when the fiery trials come upon you as some strange things. This is par for the course. When you become a Christian, don't say, oh, the devil's attacking me now. Yes, he's attacking you. That's why God says keep on the whole armor of faith because you are in a battle. You are in a warfare. The devil is like a lion seeking whom he may devour. You see, I can't, you can't rely on anything but God. You see, the Bible says, uh, he said, I have to allow you to suffer. I have to allow you to go through something. I have to allow you to cry. I have to allow you to know that weeping may endure for a night so you can help somebody else to know that joy cometh in the morning. I got to allow you to know that I got power over the wind and the waves. So I have to allow you to get in the storm so that you can bless this other person. That's what suffering and, and, and going through is all about. Though you go through the valley of the shadow of death, you don't have to fear any evil, but if you haven't gone through anything, God can't put you on the stand. God can only put somebody on the stand who's been battle-tested, who's gone through the storms, who's gone through something. That's what God is looking for. He's not looking for some little mamby-pamby person that can't stand in a storm. Oh, we can praise God when everything is good. Oh, we got the money in the bank. The cars are running good. The kids are good. There's no problem. My health is good. But Lord, have mercy. Don't let one wind blow. Don't let one wind blow. You see, but God has to allow his children to go through the storms. 1 Peter 3, 5 says, be ready to give an answer. To every man that asketh the hope, the reason that lies within you. You see, why do we keep the Sabbath? Why do we believe that when a person dies, they don't go straight to heaven? Why do we believe that God is in the most holy place of the sanctuary in the investigative judgment? Why do we believe that Jesus is coming soon? We're looking at the signs. We have to know why we believe, what we believe. How can you be a witness if you don't even know what you believe? 
We have to stop coming just out of a routine. We have to make this thing real in our lives if we want to be effective witnesses. We have to sharpen the gifts that God has given us. Improve what God has given you if you want to be an effective witness. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, study to show yourself approved. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Psalms 119, 105 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. Psalms 119, 111 says, Thy word, uh, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I gave you that text already. When I say we have to be able to stand up against cross-examination, I'm not just talking about defending your faith of people questioning your faith, but I'm talking about being able to stand in the fiery trials. You see, when is, when is uh, uh, the Bible says our faith has to be tried in the what? Fire. In the fire. fire. Now, when is gold, you say like gold tried in the fire, when is gold more pure, before the fire or after the fire? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. And when you purify gold, it's not just a one-time process. You put it in, you heat it up, and then you pull it out and drag off the dross, and you do continue that process until you come out with pure gold. God is allowing the fiery trials to shape us and to fit us for heaven. God is trying to build us up for glory. You see, we, we, many of us cannot stand the fiery trials, but we have to say, Lord, I need you. Lord, my faith. My spirit is willing, but the faith is, is, is very weak. But God said, I won't leave you. I'll be right with you. I'm a very present help. You don't have to look for God in a time of storm. You see, you don't have to look for him because he's always right there. You see, when the prosecuting attorney, he always has the, he always has the, 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 the benefit of cross-examining you to make sure that your witness is true. You know that you're not a testimony. You're not giving a testimony. You're not up there testifying, but you got a true testimony. So the, the, the Lord will allow Satan to come in. Like he said, go ahead, test my servant Job. He said, well, the only reason he won't, he won't curse you to your face is because you got that hedge around him. You know, he said, have you, have you tried? Oh, yeah, he's tried. That's how he know the hedge was about. He couldn't get at him, though. He said, take that hedge out from around him, and I'll give him to curse you to your face. He said, okay, go ahead. He took everything in 24 hours, took everything. Even his wife said, you need to curse God and die. He said, woman, you talk like a fool. He said, blessed is the Lord. He said, naked I came into this world, naked I return. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I praise the Lord that we don't have to, I'm wiping my whole head. You know, sometimes you just do this and my whole head, my wife always gets on me. We have to be able to go through something for the Lord. You see, what I'm saying is when Christ is filling your soul, the more life will press you, the more life squeezes you, something's going to come out. When you squeeze an apple, what comes out? Apple juice. So whatever's in you is going to come out when life squeezes you. 
If all you're full of uh, is worldly ideas and worldly things, you're going to fold, you're going to just collapse on the witness stand. But the true believer, when they are attacked by the enemy, the true believer, you know what he does? He sends up praises. Like David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. I don't care what happens, I'm going to bless the Lord. I may have lost my job, but I'm going to bless the Lord. My parents may have died, but I'm still going to bless the Lord. You see, what adversity does, it gives credibility to your testimony. That's what it does. So you don't have to think it's strange. God is just getting you ready to stand on the stand and be a witness for him. So when the wind keeps on blowing in your life, your soul has to be anchored in the Lord. You're still standing because you're holding on to God's unchanging hand. God says, I change not. You see, it's, it, it's an amazing thing how God uses us if we make ourselves available. If we make ourselves available. See, a lot of times we walk around saying, Lord, give me more of your Holy Spirit. And Lord says, I need more of you. I need you to give me more of yourself. I need you to give, you, give me more of your time. You see, the issue is not God's unwillingness to give the Holy Spirit. It's because we're unprepared to receive it. You see, we got so much mess and stuff and clutter and stuff that has to be pushed out of our lives because Christ is trying to come into a holy vessel. We just have to say, Lord, clean me up, and the Lord will come in. God says, you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more is our Heavenly Father willing to give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? You see, so the issue is not with God, it's with us. The Bible says uh, that only thing we have to do is surrender our heart to him. It's not a fight, but it's a, a surrender. I can only give the Holy Spirit to those that are willing, to those that are available, to those that have made their hearts open to God. And so this morning, we have to make that decision that we're going to empty ourselves so that the Lord can come into our hearts. We need to make a fundamental decision that only thing we need to do is commit our whole hearts to Christ. You know, the other day, I was complaining to my wife about my phone. I said, man, I had my phone plugged in all night, and the phone was completely dead. I'm like, what in the world? And I looked at the thing, and I saw that the, the, the uh, receptacle was plugged halfway in. And I, the Lord gave me something. He said, you know what? Just like electricity, when you're halfway plugged in, you don't get half of the power. You don't get any other power. God says, I don't want half of your heart. Don't just partially surrender. I need a full surrender. I need you to plug totally into me if you want the full power of the Holy Spirit. It's time for us to stop having one foot in the church and another one in the world. We have to totally surrender our hearts to God. We got to stop feeding the flesh. Some of us need to just take our cell phones and just lock them up somewhere. You all ever heard of 321? 321, stop, don't eat anything three hours before you go to bed. 
Don't work two hours before you go to bed, and don't get on the phone or on the, watching the TV an hour before you go to bed. Three, two, one. Satan said that our people are destroyed by their own inventions. And so we're going to have to have some discipline in our lives, you see, and mortify the flesh. We've got to kill the flesh. But you can't kill something that you continue to feed. I'm going to say that again. You can't kill something that you continue to feed. So you got to starve the old man of sin and feed the new nature. Because they're tugging one against the other. The flesh is tugging against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. He said, oh, wretched man that I am, who can deliver me from the body of this death? He said, Christ the righteous. You see, in order to be a true witness... We must be born of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes in, the heart is made pure. When the Holy Spirit comes in, you have a new capacity to love and to experience God in a new way, knowing the love that he has for us. When the Holy Spirit comes in, you have a willingness to obey, a willingness to serve God. When the Holy Spirit comes in, you are a partaker of the divine nature. When the Holy Spirit comes in, it gives you the power to overcome sin, cultivated and hereditary sin. When the Holy Spirit comes in, it will transform the heart and you will renounce evil in all of its form. When the Holy Spirit comes in, it gives you a humility, it gives you a love, it gives you a peace that passes all understanding. It reminds me of that song. We're an anchor for those who are hurting. A harbor for those who are lost. And that's what we are as witnesses. We have to help these people who are hurting. And when you witness, guess what? It not only helps them, but it helps you. It helps bolden uh, and build up your own spirit. When you're feeling downtrodden and depressed, because that's what this world would do to you, it would depress you, it would make you so stressful. That's why they have to have the suicide prevention classes if you don't have God in your life, folks, you're just like, a tr just like something just drifting out in, in the ocean, just being blown by every wind, and you don't have any anchor. Jesus is the only anchor. So the question is, will your anchor hold? If your anchor is not gripped to the solid rock, and you know who that rock is? Jesus. And if we want to be effective witnesses, because Jesus says, I'm coming back. He said, he asked the question, will I, found, will I find faith in the earth? It's going to be somebody. He's going to find somebody faithful. Is it going to be you? Is it going to be you? Is it going to be you? God says, whosoever will, let him come. Drink of the water freely. Jesus paid the price that we wouldn't have to pay. That's the beauty of salvation so the question this morning is are you ready to commit yourself fully to Christ and saying Lord here am I send me I want to be a true witness I want to be a witness for the Lord if that's you I want you to stand with me say Lord nothing in my hand I bring I simply cling to your cross we're going to have a baptism next week 
I will be remiss. I would, would never preach a sermon without giving someone an opportunity to make their calling and election sure. So if there's anybody under the sound of my voice to say, I want to go all the way with God. I want to go down in that watery grave as a symbol of my total commitment to you, Christ. I don't want to be left down here. If that's you today, just raise your hand. The Lord will see your hand. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. I don't know how many more appeals we're going to have on the, in, this, in this church. They say Israel is at war right now. The Bible says the last events are going to be rapid ones. So whatever we do, we're going to have to do it quickly. It said today when you hear my voice, harden not your heart, because tomorrow is not promised. All we have is today. So Heavenly Father, Lord, we're thankful, Lord, for your divine word. We're so thankful, Lord, that you didn't give up on us when we were ready to give up on ourselves. We're so thankful of the gift of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we pray. We're standing here, Lord, saying that we want to be witnesses for you, not for the world, Lord, but for you. We're standing as a testimony to our surrender and commitment to you, Lord. Lord, we can't do it in our own flesh. Lord, there are many churches around this world that if the Holy Spirit would be, would be withdrawn, 90% of the things would still continue to go on and they wouldn't even know it. So, Lord, we want to be filled with your Holy Spirit. We don't want to be filled with the flesh, but your Holy Spirit. So empty us and fill us by your filling power. And we will be careful to give you all the praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Let the church say amen. Give God a hand praise this morning. We thank the Lord for his grace. We thank the Lord for his mercy. Come on, choir, as we sing our theme song, As You Go. This song has a new meaning today, As You Go. What are you going to do? Tell the world about Jesus. We just want to let the men know that uh, Brother Brackley wants to meet with the men briefly after church because on the fourth. The 20th of October, week after next, we're going to be going to Branson, so we want to make sure we have all those details. And those that are, are willing, we're going out uh, after a small meal, and we need some volunteers to help put the sandwiches and things together as we go out on the battlefield for the Lord. Amen. Lord, that you would be with each and every member here in person, those online, that, Father, your spirit will move in such a way that they will truly adhere to being true witnesses and not falsified members. Lord, we ask that you would bless us as only you can do. And so, Lord, we ask right now that we will humble ourselves and that we will adhere to your call. Let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our hearts 
Be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're so happy to see Alexandria in the house. Woo, look at God. Look at God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Isn't God good? Praise the Lord.